one. It's Paul Hogan, welcome to the show. And uh, we were we were talking we were talking offline just a second ago. You're you're in California now, but you're from Silver Spring. Yes. Uh, so uh, Mar former Marylander, Silver, Silver former Spring. Former Marylander. It's 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 the age old battle. I tell people I'm from uh, D.C. and they go where? Yeah. I go Silver Spring. And they go well. I'm like okay. Well. And then I say I'm from Maryland, and they go like Baltimore. I'm like no Silver Spring. They go so D.C. So uh, <laughs> exactly. I, I um, always tell people. I always tell people D.M.V. D.C. Maryland DMV, Virginia area. DMV. Exactly. Uh, but being a freelancer. That was a term that came up after I left. So I had friends who li <laughs> yeah. were living there and they're like, oh, the DMV. I'm like, well, you're getting your driver's license? And they're like, oh, no, right. no, it's it's <laughs> the, the Del, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up there, uh, went to college there. I moved away in 2001. And um, yeah. Where'd you go to college? Dad, uh, American University. Uh, so that was okay. in DC uh, proper. Um, yeah, my dad was in the Navy. So we moved around a little bit as a kid and then stuck there and was, he was at the, what, what is now it was Bethesda Naval. Now it's Walter Reed as we have all been hearing about, uh, but like, oh yeah. um, and, uh, yeah. And so he was in the Navy and then I, you know, grew up there and, and originally born in California, but that was the Navy thing. So that bounced back and forth and then, uh, and then got, got the hell out <laughs> and yeah. then came to LA and yeah, and, and moved around a little bit more. And then now I'm here. I, I don't think I'm going anywhere, which is famous last words. Um, well, Hey, I, I took, I took a look at your reel, a lot of, uh, you know, big time commercial work and some looks like some awesome commercials, awesome music videos. And, um, and, and I, I might've seen some clips of some indie films you directed. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, there's shorts and stuff like that. A couple clips. I, I've done a couple TV series as well. Uh, I did a TV series for True TV, uh, which was that was a fun one. That was a, like an infotainment. Um, every episode we had hosts, and every episode we were doing sketches, we were doing interviews, we were doing uh, like information bits, and so it was really. And I think we shot for. We had like a week off in, in the middle where we'd actually moved ahead of the writers. But like, um, I think we shot for like 70 days straight or something like that. It was a blast though. Um, but it was it was a great thing where we were bouncing back and forth between, you know, in a day I'd have to go interview somebody on the street, film a couple comedy sketches, and then like ha interview, like have our hosts sit in a room. And it was like just bouncing back and forth, which was great. Just kept, kept me on my toes. And then I did a scripted um anthology series for playboy um and so that was something i wrote uh i wrote and directed eight episodes in a month <laughs> so we it was fast we did we did uh, we had one day to shoot uh 25 page episode script and it was actual script it wasn't just making out and stuff like that <laughs> it was like an actual actual story but i was like if i can keep it to one location just a couple talent i think we can pull this off so done that um and then little bits uh, I, I also have a history um in advertising so that's sort of what got me uh, i've always wanted to direct but i had to take a roundabout path to that where i had to um, I basically left Los Angeles, was freelancing on my own, doing editorial. I do motion graphics and motion design and illustration and all that stuff as well. Um, and then I did these viral fake 
trailers for movies and those got attention and got press and um that actually ended up getting me hired uh, by an ad agency where they were like hey we need somebody who knows how to uh think digitally like they're like okay we'll make a commercial we'll spend a billion dollars on it and go it's going to be two months and we're like no no no. you you need your clients are going to need somebody to have something on instagram like tomorrow based on something that happened today so you got to learn how to do that so they brought my friend and i in as partners to sort of spearhead this production department and that got me directing more and then directing the commercials and all that stuff and then uh we opened up a little boutique agency and then that got shut down and then so then i was like i've been freelancing for six years um everything from commercials to creative directing work for you know ad agencies to illustrate i mean i really in the past and we can talk about this but in the past two weeks i've like directed a little video i've done a, a um illustration logo design for a project that tim robbins is putting out like i've i today i was late to you i was auditioning you know for a commercial so it's like you're it's sort of, so you're also an actor I, I i may be if if these things pan out uh -huh, yep. <laughs> so i've never i i used to act when i was way you know in high school and college and stuff like that and and i can and i've been in a few little things that i've done just out of necessity but i've never pursued that but we have very good friends who we've been sort of potted up with this uh during the quarantine and uh she the the wife she's an actor um and he acts sometimes but he has a regular job so it's and i have kids and what all of the um agencies and the com production companies are looking for now are people they don't have to worry about essentially so they say if you've been living together if you are potted up if you're close yeah um audition so like bring your, and bring your dog too if you're done and, and exactly dog. Yeah. exactly so if they can know that they don't have to worry about a, a our communal health and b that we're gonna freak out when like there's somebody there that we have to sit at a dinner table with or in a car with, you know, that, that, that's a lot easier for them. And there's a weird little relaxed attitude between everybody. That's just sort of naturally there between friends. And I think, um, it, I think it, I think it alleviates a lot of the COVID compliance officers duties. It, of it, it does. And although it's, it's still a nightmare. <laughs> it's, still a, it's still a nightmare. I just got certified as one. So hmm. just going through the, that's amazing. Yeah. And so just, just knowing, I mean, I'm an experienced AD production coordinator, production manager, you know, directed a lot of ultra indie stuff, a lot of, you know, you know, a bunch of, you know, local artists, music videos and things of that nature. Yeah. So, but a lot of, I, I've AD'd a lot of, you know, pretty significant projects in the last 10 years. And now having gone through that COVID compliance, that CCO stuff. Yeah. I can see why like, man, all right. Couples with dogs and yep. kids um you know only those groups and then yeah. and then um because it also alleviates maybe some budget like budgetary requirements say you know quarantining them before and after yep um you know tests taking tests before like we can you can and you can still give them tests but then they're they're, they're giving you like these options like you can go to minute clinic and get tested we'll throw you an extra hundred dollar bump but that extra hundred dollar bump alleviates them from like thousands of dollars of, of bumps yeah, 
Well, yeah. it's I'm I've been putting together a budget for a pilot right now for something that I'm that I'm working on, and it's funny because we were we're it's a docu series, and we're like, okay, we're gonna have to come to the D.C. area to Maryland to to interview a bunch of people soon, and we're like, look at airfare, it's amazing, <laughs> it's yep. it's like a hundred bucks to fly from L.A. to 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 Dulles or BWI right mm -hmm. now, um, but then immediately one of the producers was like, it doesn't matter because all of that is gonna get eaten up by COVID tests, and we're like, gosh, you know, yeah. um, but it's it's the world we're in, and I think. It's interesting because when when I started doing productions, we were so used to being digital and a small footprint that we were able to save money, which clients liked. And now that's sort of even more of a necessity. Yeah. I mean, there were times I'd get on for a broadcast commercial, which was always fun, but it would take three times as long to film something and we'd have two to three times as many people there. Um, you know, we'd have a client that was in, you know, a video village outside and I would tell, you know, and it got to the point where I got tired of making the AD bounce back and forth. Like, okay, is this, is that good? Is that, you know, then run back into the wing stop or whatever. Oh, it's okay. That's good. Maybe you can move. And I'd, it got to the point where I, I just would say, bring, just bring the client in. This is going to be a lot easier. And ad agencies get finicky with that because they like to control everything yeah. clients love it because they feel involved so yeah but having a smaller crew i'm very used to mm -hmm. um i i think it's really about having what is absolutely necessary there's a lot of fat on sets um it's a lot of people standing around that don't need to be there yeah um I, and i know i'm I don't always think the more the merrier, you know, throwing money at a problem, throwing people at a problem isn't the best. I was, I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were asking me, they were asking me, what, what, what do I think the future of production is? Is it animation right now? Is it, you know, I said, I think that, that for the places that can afford it, I, you know, and for you, I, I would buy stock in the unreal engine. Like I, I look at what they're doing with the Mandalorian, which was just a technical, and I've never shot like that, but like, and I can only imagine, but to think about how you can accomplish just about anything in a round little room with anywhere between like five and 20 people in what would normally you'd have to control city blocks or whatever, like, why would they not, why would they not switch over to that if they could I mean, and i've been I, yeah I, i've been experimenting with the unreal i just installed it on a computer that can barely handle it and i'm gonna try to experiment and uh <laughs> i'm gonna try to experiment and see what i can do and and i'm and uh uh we can talk about some of these projects but that that, that i had that i had finally cut back in april when yeah. there was nothing else to do but like you hit the nail on the head it's not only animation it's going to be you know with these projects i i did a casting notice for voiceover actors. Uh, and, and what I did was, okay, um, you know, it's for credit only. If, if I make a buck off YouTube, you'll get a percentage and hopefully this thing skyrockets yeah. and, but, but, and, and make a, a shit ton of money on YouTube. And I'm, I'm all about profit sharing, you know, points for, points for my voice actors, points for yeah. my on-screen talent, yada, yada, yada. But I did, a, and this was way, we shot and recorded way before COVID. And I put out a casting notice looking for voiceover actors. And I booked about 10 of them. 
And it was it's two different series, probably 12 to 15 episodes per series. And I gave each one five scripts. Knock it out. Get, you got about a month or two. Just, you know, do yeah. your best and, and knock yeah. it out. Every single one did a fantastic job. Ten different voiceover actors. And then they sent me an MP3. They got their own home studio and they emailed me an MP3. And that was it. Never yeah. saw them in person. Yeah. Talked to them a lot. Talked to them on the phone a couple of times. A lot of texts, a lot of emails. Chatted them up and then sent them the thing. I said, hey, spam it out there. Share it out there. Yeah. But now it's like not only is it that voiceover thing, there's so much content out there that, you know, I, I, even me, I could stand in front of a white wall and film it, throw that into the Unreal have it track it, do all yeah. my movements. And I could turn myself into an alien, into a monster, yep. into a zombie, whatever. Have voiceover actors. Yeah. Just that, and that's it. It's, it, the, the content thing's interesting as well because there's so much that's needed and and like the, the that content train was just rolling faster and faster and faster. And then COVID just threw a big old boulder on the tracks, you know, because everyone got so used to producing, expecting all this stuff. And it was kind of funny the first month where like you had all the celebrities and the brands were like, what do we do? Just throw, throw anything on there, you know? And, and now it's, they're being a little bit more strategic about it, but, um, but it's tough because we're so used to having that constantly. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if the well's running dry yet. You know, there's stuff that we can do, obviously, that's smaller, that little little video things. But I know with series, they're kind of they have to get back, they have to start up again. Yeah. Um, and and how? But again, how do you do that safely? And it's like it shuts. You saw what happened with the Batman movie. It's like the one guy gets it, and it whole shuts down everything. <laughs> and the whole and the lead got it. And the lead got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Robert, uh, Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Pat President Trump got it. Yeah. Well, he he didn't shut anything down. <laughs> I, I like that Batman gets it and they're like, let's let's calm down. Let's keep everybody safe. Batman, fictional character who wears a mask. <laughs> and like and and you know, the, the president does it and it's like stronger than ever. I'm like you're not, but okay. But yeah, I mean it's it's um but it, everybody has to kind of be mindful of the other people in their life and in their productions and all that stuff. And then, then once you are, I, I think people will be safer. They're not going to be totally safe, but it'll be, it'll be better. But yeah, I mean, it's, you have to be mindful of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, thinking back to like you were saying, now they're casting families, they're casting couples with children and dogs and, and yeah. that sort of thing. And so, I mean, I'm like, I'm the, I'm the magic man when it comes to ha hacking productions, like yeah. editing around problems. And, yeah. and so how, oh man, but they're not good actors. They're okay actors. Well, hell, I mean, you can just shoot them MOS yeah. super slow-mo them chuckling, yeah. them laughing, them teasing, them playing with a kid and the kid giggling yeah. and then a voiceover actor and, 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 and it yep. could still, and it could still be one tenth of your yeah. usual commercial budget. <laughs> And yeah. you just had and 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 no and 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 less lessened con COVID concerns, lessened uh, film crew, you know, sh skeleton crew, skeleton yeah. cast, and like you said, it's these couples um, that need to bring their own kid and dog. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I see a lot of those castings even around here. Yeah, in the, in the DMV, a lot of the uh, the PSAs, the commercials that they shoot, you know, some of the. Uh, what else? They have a lot of films. They're, they're doing a lot of, a lot of films. So what, yeah. So what, how is it affected it out 
there. I know in LA it's starting to ramp back up, but mm -hmm. it's been dead. <laughs> you know, has it is it a little bit better there? Or? It's it sucks, man. Because uh, okay, so there was there was a big company in the area um, that did those crime shows, and Discovery left. Uh, yeah. Silver Spring and I think Discovery relocated I think they still have a, the small warehouse in Silver Spring yeah. but, but the big headquarters left so two I was of the so pissed when they built that because they fucked up Tasty Diner <laughs> I remember that I remember that it was yeah, the yeah, best yeah. sorry sorry no it's good good point good point but uh but no like so since they left there was two big big production companies and the two that that stayed Storyhouse I think I think it's Storyhouse and Widenet State, and they still produce those crime recree, those crime shows, those ID yeah. crime shows, you know? Yeah. And I must have played a detective or a cop <laughs> in 40 different episodes of 40 dis different series. But uh, Richmond was really starting to blow up on a lot of period stuff. Interesting. They have so much real estate out there, and I think they wanted to build a micro Atlanta. You know, gotcha. Atlanta, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta started off, Atlanta and New Mexico started off building micro in Louisiana, started off building micro LA's yeah. studio lots. And now Atlanta's huge. Yeah. I think, I think New Mexico is pretty big now. And I know Louisiana is still kind of growing, but Richmond really wanted to like kick off with all this real estate. Yeah. There's a, there was a, uh, the good Lord bird just came out on showtime with, uh, Ethan Hawke. And that was a, yeah. Richmond, that was a Richmond, Virginia production. Interesting. And then there was, uh, are they putting the tax breaks out on that stuff or are they just um, I don't have the resources? I don't know the specifics on like the tax breaks. I know Baltimore yeah. stopped and that's why Veep left and, uh, and uh, for a number of reasons, House of Cards slowed down and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then wrapped for a number of reasons. I remember watching the first season of House of Cards and people were like, oh, it's, you know, DC. I watched the first, I was like, that's not DC. I was like, that's Baltimore. I know they look, I was like, that's Baltimore. <laughs> like, Same with Veep. Yeah. Veep was shot yeah. in Baltimore and they would just drive down the street for the exteriors. But yeah. I mean, still for me, you know, like uh, that opportunity was there, but what, piss, what pisses me off is they hire, they hire outside folks. They put yeah. them up in hotels for months. And I'm like, yeah. bro, you've got experienced film professionals out here that are doing yeah. a lot, that, that have done a lot of industrials, a lot of corporates, a lot of commercials, PSAs. I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, just from my experience, the, I'll tell you why that is. And this is not a right or wrong thing. And we like, when I do go places, I try to hire local um, when possible, but it is, you know, they say like, it's all about who, you know, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. and, and it's also like, and, and I'm sure even for you, if I said to you, hey, I need a DP, and you go, I got a great guy. And I go, yeah, but you got to go get him from this town. It, you, would, you would use them if you had to, but there's that person that you work with that you trust. You know what I mean? And that's sort of a little bit. Now, obviously, when you're getting into like, you know, the third or fourth like tier grips and electricians and, and stuff like that. But that I know for me... I have a core group of people that I just have a, uh, a, a quick vernacular with. And yeah. so there's, I'm sure there's a little bit of that, but at the same time, you should use local as much as possible. Yeah, and I mean, also, well, and you don't have to put people up. You know? These are not, these are not DPs. DP yeah. and up. I get that. Yeah. Uh, shit. You know, like an art director, a wardrobe and hair and makeup. I get that. Fly them out. Yeah. I've worked with these guys for 10 years, but like a yeah. PA, PAs, no. PAs from PAs from New York working no. working on House of Cards in, in right outside Baltimore, Baltimore yeah. County, or that or what was that 
Hartford County. It was either Hartford or Baltimore yeah. County at it's their whole they, at their whole lot. And I'm it's because they know they know they can abuse the shit out of the probably. people from New York. You know, they know like I know office PAs and stuff like that that are just essentially slaves. That I think if I worked there, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do this. Like it's that horrible treatment of the lower tier people that I'm sure they're counting on. But at the same time, like uh, you know. There's no reason somebody in Georgia or Maryland <laughs> can't get abused. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but no, I mean, it's interesting because one, I'm trying, you know, I'm in the stages of pitching a, a series that is true story set in, in the DC area. And that's the discussion is, you know, for me, I'm like, I want to shoot it there. For me, very few places look like, that area and now i know i'm picky but like it's those little things and that little flavor i know there's times where i'd watch stranger things and they're like in those woods and stuff i'm like ah it does i know it's not set there but i'm like that kind of looks a little bit like uh suburban maryland you know but like with the hills and the tree but like very very few times you know it's not something you can recreate in los angeles at you least for exteriors yeah. um you know there's air quality there's there's all that stuff is 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 different um so that's one of the things we're working on is like like do we shoot in maryland do we try to replicate it in georgia and all that stuff but yeah it's um uh for the we're trying to do a scripted and unscripted series so hell yeah see. yeah well yeah it's, that's awesome man yeah. well we we want it so bring it yeah 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 no see, i and i I well, want like to bring I, it there. And one of the people who it's about, like, he's always like, yes, bring it here. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and of course I'd love, my parents moved out of DC and up into, they live in Frederick now. So it's like, they'd be happy if I was in town for a few months. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. man. Hell yeah. 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 Well, uh, I mean, like I was saying, yeah, the COVID, I mean, Richmond was really starting to blow up with some projects, some things, you know, ended and they're always, and then COVID hit, and I think you know everything just went to a complete halt. But uh, there's a liquid talent. Um, they they used to book me on a, a billion different things, um, or try to anyway. Maybe I wasn't a perfect fit, but they they always you know reached out to me like, hey, we got casting openings and yeah, and this that and the other. And I'm still seeing a lot of a lot of castings, and and yeah. and a lot of it now is that hey, you know, we, we know you're an experienced actor, but do you have a do you have a wife and a, and a kid and a dog you can bring? Yeah, and, and uh, that sort of deal. And you know, I mentioned it, you know, I mentioned it to the wife, and she's like, no, I don't want to go out yet. And I'm like, okay. So, and and I kind of and I kind of put that stipulation on myself as well. Um, yeah. Except for maybe being a co uh, compliance officer, because then I can I, I know I'll be super strict. I know I'll be safe because I'm gonna make sure. Me, I'm yeah. going to make sure everything's safe, but yeah. I won't fly, but I won't fly anywhere. So it's got to be a set that I'm willing to drive, yeah. uh, that I can drive to. Will they cover that drive gas water yeah. and then put me up or, you know, if it's local, but then acting, then acting, see actors are never on set the full day. Like, you know, crew is. Yeah. No, so then, they're... so then maybe acting, if it's, if it's like 20 miles less radius or something like all these crazy <laughs> stipulations, because I mean, I've doing doing I've been doing pretty well, you know, teleworking and, and yeah. doing virtual live virtual live streaming stuff here at the home at the home studio office basement, you know, broadcast center. But uh, <laughs> the broadcast center, yeah, no, it's it, it, go big. <laughs> yep. So I, you know, I'm, I'm I have to unfortunately put those stipulations on myself, but um, you know, that's the discipline, and that's and that's the that that's 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 the um, that's the discipline to, to push myself further on this 
and, yeah. and, and to like, you know, prep things and write things and outline things for when we get that vaccine. And then it's like, Paul, here's some scripts, man, let's make them. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yeah. and, and start pushing these things out. And then, and it's just like that. And that's really, it's either this virtual live stream broadcast center, or it's just me writing and prepping, yeah. writing, writing and prepping, writing and prepping. Do you, do you have kids? Well, we have a six month old. Okay. So that's okay. Like, that's so, like, that's like the triple. Yeah. Uh, you know, priority is that but, I can't, I can't bring it back to them. It's six months. So they're not in school. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but, but, oh, but good point. But the wife's the third grade teacher. So she's up there. Zoom oh, all okay. Day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's, I mean, for me, I've got like, it, it's with the school, my days go, go, go. And then begin at three thirty, <laughs> yep. and, and then go, go, go again. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's challenging trying to keep, keep yourself writing, keep yourself focused. And then, and then just the, the general stress of all of this is, is difficult on the creative process to just remove, remove everything that's happening. Um, no matter your politics or anything, like just the, the constant barrage of information that we're all getting is tough for anybody, you know? And so it's tough to like buckle down and say, okay, I'm going to focus on this and then not write something that's about politics and, or, or disease or, you know, anything like that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a very, it's a very challenging time. Um, I, I think, and I'm curious, like even in Los Angeles, I'm curious, I know so many people who are moving out. Um, moving to Texas, moving to Georgia, stuff like that. So I'm curious what this town will look like. And if by necessity, they're going to have to go to a Richmond or to a Baltimore or to a Georgia because there's like people who are not crazy. <laughs> there. Well, listen, there's people that are hungry. I mean, yeah. there's, there, there's people that, uh, there's a lot of like art houses and there's a lot of stage and there's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to word it. It's not huge Hollywood things, but it's like these yeah. small, these small passionate things that, that uh, I hope they wouldn't run wild and, and ruin an opportunity. But, you know, if, if some big money came in and said, Hey, let's start knocking out, you know, X, Y, and Z here in Richmond. I don't think they're going to be able to anytime soon. Mm, probably, I, I, yeah. I, I think, I think, one one benefit of this is, and again, I freaking love Avengers movie. I love action, big, huge stuff. I, it's like, and with the kids, it's like almost what I, like I'm sad by it, but like, I'm worried that the last two movies I'll have ever seen in the theater are Bad Boys 3, which was terrible, and Sonic, which was, you know, okay. <laughs> but like, but I'm like, is that, were those my last cinematic experiences? But I think- I, you know, I, as much as I love those things, I think by necessity, we're going to have to have smarter, smaller, more intimate, personal, actual stories. They, they will not be able to rely on as much spectacle, I think. You know, and again, going back to something like Mandalorian, very personal show by the nature of yeah. what, what they can do in that sort of theater in the round and stuff like that. And I think... Um, I, I think it's a very interesting opportunity for storytellers to do those small stories, to do those personal things, uh, little romances, you know, I, we're going to see a lot of haunted house stories, <laughs> I'm sure. But like, you know, people stuck in one place or another, a uh, little bottle episode type things. But 
but I think that's a good thing. I think it's going to force people to reevaluate what storytelling is and not just spectacle as much as I adore spectacle. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, take a look at Mandalorian. I mean, that, that's a, that, that brand, that brand speaks to you huge, endless galaxies, endless yep. planets, endless, you know, endless, vast sci-fi, huge spaceships, lasers, yep. aliens, all sorts of stuff. But the way they pulled it off was so micro and they, I, they utilized an expensive in depth, complicated software to make things just yeah. so much more streamlined and, and actually cheaper in, in the back end. In the back end of it, although it's shockingly expensive, <laughs> which I set up uh, shockingly expensive. Yeah, and then it was. I think there was a lot of R and D in that show because somebody told me what they that show cost. I was like, I nearly jumped out of my seat. But like, but it just because I'm like, there's no sets. <laughs> but like the, uh, but I think the, you know, I I think with something like that, just even in terms of Star Wars, you know, I mean, you look at it like that brand, that that world, that universe. The bigger it got, the crazier it got, the worse it got. You know, when it was about a farm boy going off, that's what everybody loved. They liked the farm boy going off into space. Yep. You know, and that's like, they, people like characters. People really need to, to hold on to that stuff. So I think this is where we're going to see, um, we're going to see hopefully a return to that. And again, it's the same thing with a lot of animation is it's, it's about those characters. You gotta love the characters on those shows. Like, yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, with the prequel, like you said, with, like you said, with the prequel trilogy, they just went way overboard with, with yeah. at that time, big technology, but it was just green screen and CGI yeah. on top of CGI, and yeah. it just turned into a, like a live action video game. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> and then fast forward to the to the Mandalorian, they figured out Unreal Engine on LED screens. So. Like you said, and I'll agree, it was probably like, I don't know, $10 million studio, 10, yeah. 10 or, or I think it was $20 million set, 20 million. I think, the, I think the figure I heard per episode was 15 million, which geez. Okay. Is, a, is a lot, is a so, lot like considering a couple of those episodes were just them on one spaceship, mm -hmm. <laughs> but likes to, you know, but still like it's, it's, but it, the, the, they had to build all of that. And against one, once you have productions where they can just have it and there's good it's turnkey there's, it's tur there's going to be companies i'm sure right now if they're not i should start one who's scanning dc who's scanning new york who's scanning los angeles inputting that into to to the unreal engine so you say oh you need to be on uh you know fairfax and melrose great do 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 and boom and we're there oh we need to switch out that building that billboard we can do that and you're there you know yeah. and so they're not there yet. That I think is probably four or five years out where like it's, it's that. But again, I think the nice thing about that technology is it still places limitations. I think the, the problem with green screen sometimes, and sometimes it's used magnificently, you know, um, I think the problem is there's no limitations. People say they can do whatever they want and do whatever they want. So they just throw, it's that, it's, it's the, what I call the Steven Spielberg problem, you know, on Jaws, which is a fantastic movie. He had to think about what he was doing. And yeah, I'm so arrogant. I'm going to complain about Spielberg. But, but like, but he had to think about what he was doing and, and be creative to solve the problem of a shark that he couldn't just constantly show. And, and that made it better versus something like War of the Worlds, which is still good. But it's like, show him whatever you want. Have it have the aliens show up in the first five minutes and constantly be there. And it's not as personal because you're always looking over here and all that stuff. So I think I think something like that technology places limitations on on people because they know it still has to show up behind the actor 
and they yeah. can't just replace it. You know, they can, but <laughs> it's not, with rotoscoping, but like, yeah, um, if they really need to, but yeah. Well, the beauty was the beauty with Jaws, and it, it was such it was such a happy accident is that that shark, that mechanical shark, wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. And so he said, you know what? Forget it. We'll save it to the end. Fix this shark. You got like a month to fix this shark. Yeah. And he chose that Hitchcockian route. Yep. You know, just the just the liquid blood, the music. Uh, you know, creative camera angles yep. and 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 actors like you know just sinking themselves and yeah and, and and that whole Hitchcockian kind of atmosphere where you don't see the shark that's even more horrifying yeah until yeah. until that great you know Moby Dick moment at the end and that and that was like the epitus where you where you finally see it. I'm seeing if I have I have one. I don't. I'm not a huge Funko guy. I don't know if it's in here. It must be downstairs. I have like one. One or two. I have Iron Maiden one, and then I have a, a little like that shot. My favorite shot in almost any film is is him popping up, <laughs> like that, like that look when the shark got, comes. He's got the, the cigarette hang hanging out. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what ha what happens. I, I I think. And and again, it's about it's about these happy accidents. Uh, that famous line: "We need we're, we're going to need a bigger boat." Yeah was something that the crew and the actors kept saying on set the entire shoot because really? the boat because the whole cast the whole crew and the gear being on this boat they kept saying we're going to need a bigger boat we're going to need a bigger boat and I so, did not know that and and so Roy Roy Scheider threw it in he he was supposed to say something else he was supposed to say like holy shit the sharks here or something like that yeah and he just spat that out and everybody loved it and it worked That's but that amazing. was but apparently that was something they were saying by the time they got on the boat with the whole crew for that second half of the movie, that's what everybody kept complaining about during the shoot. We're gonna, we should have gotten a bigger, we should have gotten a bigger, gotten a bigger, a bigger boat. boat. <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger boat. We should have gotten a bigger boat, something like that. And that, and so that's why he said we're gonna need a bigger boat. Amazing. But it worked because that's yeah. a big ass shark, right? So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's those happy accidents that Spielberg forgot and Lucas forgot. I mean, look at THX. Yeah, I mean. It's it's happy accidents and it's, it's problem solving. Yeah. It, no, acknowledging there's a problem versus, you know, the joke used to be, it used to be a joke. We'll fix it in post. Now it is the norm. Like, don't worry about anything that happens here. We can fix it later. And it's fix like, it no, post. like when you know you have to fix, when you know you might have to fix something on set, you say, is there a better way to do this? Is there a smarter way to do this to get this done to accomplish this, and and you fix it there versus going oh crap okay well yeah screw it. we'll put a whole bunch of aliens in here and and, and you know you we'll, we'll move her over three feet and yeah um so we'll have again, her, we'll, we'll just have her we'll just have her ADR the whole movie like, exactly I bet you you won't we'll just check her whole face <laughs> I, be, yeah. I bet you you won't have her to ADR it what if she gets booked and she's like I'm not coming back for that yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like let's yeah. let's try to it's let's like try to fix Superman's this. mustache. You know, <laughs> Superman, <laughs> Superman's mustache. Fix it in post. Um, you know, there was a scene. You know, this director I was ADing uh, this featurette, and this director wanted this whole lavish, crazy fight scene. And I said, you know, we're we're we're, we're a minute we're we're a minute overtime. We're an hour overtime right now. Yeah. Uh, no, we got we got to simplify it. And I broke it down to two shots. And I said, listen, we do, we do three shots, actually. You know, we do this, and then she does this. Actually, four shots. So, you know, they're fighting. 
and she pushes him off. Then he falls down the steps. We just throw this pad on the steps. He falls down down the steps, and then she stares da- stares down on at the top of the steps. Yeah. And and he said, you know, fine, whatever. And he got mad at me later. He goes, you're trying to direct my <laughs> film. I'm like, dude, at the, dude, when this film comes out, it's not going to say co-directed by me. No. You're still going to get the director, the writer director credit. Yeah. Let your let you, you know let your team, but but you got to think you got to think outside the box because we can spend five hours on this and it's going to go terribly wrong. Got I've it. directed, I've ad'd this scene. Yeah. I've shot this scene. Yeah. A bunch of times already. Yeah. Trust trust me when I'm doing this, but let me be an ad. Yeah. Let me gotta, assist. Let me assist you. Gotta trust your ads. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, ads are invaluable. <laughs> but listen, but, but listen, what what if what if what if I'm co-directing as you say, but really i'm ading i'm assistant yeah. i'm assistant directing this yeah. whole film when the film hits the theaters when the film the film's being film screened when the film's being um uh, uh played on youtube yeah at, at the beginning at the end it's only going to say written and directed by you yeah you, not yeah. me yeah it'll it might say co-produced and it might say assistant director and it might say upm but it's not i'm not i'm, I'm not going to get credit as director you are mm-hmm. Direct, directing is knowing when to listen to other people. Yep. <laughs> it really like you, you know, that's directing. I, you know, even when I first came out to LA, I was working on a talk show and my showrunner, um, like I was a production coordinator. So we were filming and we'd have our hosts and we'd set up the, you know, we the whole week we'd be producing, okay, what guests are we getting? What segments are we doing? And then I remember like, as I kind of got bumped up from PA to production coordinator, um, it was the day of one of the shoots. And I said to him, I said, well, so what do I got to, what do I have to do today? You know? And he looked at me, he said, if, if you're busy today, uh, you didn't do your job, you know? Um, and that's sort of, and he also told me one time, he said, if we're working overtime on this, we're also not doing our job, but like, cause it's a stupid show. Um, but like, and, but the, I, I held that and, and it stuck with me where, it's obviously it's a lot of decision-making moment of when I'm shooting, I'm busy as hell. I'm constantly talking to people, constantly making decisions. But a lot of that starts the moment I'm handed a script, the moment I'm handed a a schedule, the moment I'm handed it, like the the idea and all that stuff, you start directing then. And you're talking prep, prep, talking to your, your AD, your, you know, costume department, you know, uh, props, wardrobe, G&E, DP, all that, you know, it's, if you're scrambling and freaking out the day you're shooting, you've screwed up, you know, you really have. And it's about preparation. It's, it's the, it's putting the last little, you know, pieces of tape on any final holes, you know, and that's it. Like, and, and, and things go wrong, obviously, but like, if, if you're not prepared, you're just not doing your job. And again, that's why an AD is great. Cause I hate <laughs> breaking down a day. Like, you know, like the shoot down, like I, I, I could sit with them and said, I need these shots, this, you know, and all that. And, and the great, the great ADs that I've worked with go, I got this. I'm like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm going to go, I'm going to go tell the DP what, what colors things need to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as an AD, I have a blank shot list. And it's yeah. your cookie color shot list. Yeah. I won't shot list a film. I'm going to leave that up to the director and a DP. Yeah. You're, you're going to shot list this. Yeah. But obviously the AD, obviously me as an AD, I take the script, I do the scene breakdowns and then from the scene breakdowns, make my, make my schedule. Yeah. 
you know, and, and there's programs that even simplify that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, movie magic, you know, movie magic scheduling movie. Yeah. So you do all that and then it's like, boom, 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 schedule. And then it's like, boom, 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 this. And, and then your scene numbers. And so yeah. then if I get that, if I get that shot list from them, that's their direct, they already directed 85% of the film. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And, and if you rehearsed your actors before yeah. and your actors are familiar with the script, and they have their side and now okay day of they get their sides yeah and i got my shot list and and, and this is really simplifying this is oversimplifying it maybe but all it's all in marriage is hit and record and say yeah. in action yep all this is all because all that should have been prepped and you know i've i've had directors were like shit we, we didn't sh we didn't shot list this i'm like okay yeah. no problem here's this brink wide medium close over the shoulder over the shoulder moving on yeah but, but I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're yeah. not, not happening. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of biff the day. We're going to make it happen. You're going to yeah. get, you're going to get the day in the can. Yeah. But because, uh, and I've mentioned this on this podcast a thousand times already. What's most important is the film. Yeah. And you need a, you need to have a finished film yep. to have a, to have a film. You need to have a film cut, edited and put in theaters to have a film. And yeah listen i mean shit happens so like if you biff the day we're still gonna make we're still gonna make our day we're still gonna uh you know get what needs to be gotten and yeah. and 98 percent of films production wise are wide medium close close yeah. over the shoulder over the shoulder two shot yeah and then some icing on the cake you want to get yeah. that you want to get that dolly you yeah. want to get that jube yeah okay save that to last that's gonna be yeah. our wish list shit so you know, I, but I do find um, young, and I always crow about this, uh, and I'm not that old, but like I find younger people who grew up digital, um, they are used to getting on a set and, and, and shooting is not a premium for them. They know they can turn on a camera, a phone, a digital camera, DSLR, uh, an Alexa, whatever it is, and and just shoot, 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 and, and fix it in post, make it, make it, make it in post, um, which is great. You can do that. But I learned and was taught and was raised on, you have this videotape that costs you money. You have this film that costs you money. You got to process it. That costs you money. Um, you, you can't just roll like, um, and so again, when you get to set, you damn sure know what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. and like, and, and plan that out. And then, and it's crews are always happy. Like I, many different crews have come to me at the end of a day and said, wow, that was really easy. Like you actually knew what you wanted to shoot. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah. Like, it's yeah, and it's, yeah, it's all, it's, and, but there's a lot of people who just are like, no, we're just going to roll. We're going to roll on this and we're going to roll on that. We're going to, and then I'll figure it out later. I'm like, nah. And actors don't like that. I remember seeing Samuel L. Jackson was talking about that, where he it drives him crazy when he'll get into a room and the guy's like, he was, it's funny listening to him talk about it. He's talking about like how directors will get like, I'm going to get a close up ECU. I'm going to get over here, get over this show. And he's like, why do you need all that? He's like, how many times are you can make me do this? You know? And like, and so I think there's something to be said about just know what you know to me uh, on one show we're working on. We called it, uh, this my dp uh, john and i would we, always talk about it we did uh, sicario there's a scene where i think it was deacons was on that where villeneuve and deacons were and there's like a scene where the guys are like walking over the hill and it's in the sunset or whatever and i think he, he told him he said don't let me get 
coverage on this because, and he said, why? He said, because I want to make sure I use this. So he sort of forced his hand, not going and getting like the shot of them, you know, and it's like, and so we would have times where we were like, let's Sicario this, <laughs> let's, let's make sure we get like, we, we're, we're going to use this. I know the lighting's weird. I know it's, but it looks great and trust that it'll work. And yeah. And, and that's, um, and, and you, and you bring up a great, you know, director's trick because Hitchcock was guilty of that in every one of his films. Yeah. He only shot, he edited it in his mind beforehand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He would not shoot. He would not even shoot a full scene. He would call cut between half of a sentence and then he would call action, you know, mid sentence. And then yeah. they would continue that scene. And it yeah. was like, this son of a bitch did it to me again because Hitchcock knew exactly how he wanted to edit it. But coming to, but coming to America, he had to deal with uh, editors unions. He had to do with studios, editors unions. You know, he was like, he was like, he was like a knight over in yeah. England, but here, here he wanted to you know make films for american audience yeah for, for a whole other for a whole, whole slew of other reasons in that regard yeah but he knew how to he knew how to work the american system yeah. <laughs> and he said hey, no problem no problem yeah. i i have to have an editor i can't edit it myself and i can't shoot it myself no problem yeah. <laughs> all right action cut what, what? no just move it move it <laughs> action cut and then the editor's like well i have to cut here and i have to cut it. here and i have to cut here yeah yeah, and 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 that's and and like like you call it the the you know Sicario, you know yeah. like that Hitchcock did that back in the forties. Yeah, because you know, and now I mean we're, we're we're given a lot more, way more artistic freedom, believe it or not. And, you know, yeah. still you have still you have studio studio interference, and you have contracts with like you know director's final cut or whatever the case but still there's a lot of artistic freedom here where you know a director can edit or you know yeah. maybe the dp can edit or yeah. whatever or there's just like you know all these different takes and coverages and and, and i get that coverage yeah. kind of mentality um you know there's there's a and it's funny you mentioned that like just you know just just roll we'll see what happens just roll and there's a web series I do where it's it, it I, I dumbed it I simplified it so much on purpose. It's it's a uh, you know it's just like those ID crime shows. Yeah. But one takes place in the Marvel universe. One place one play one takes place in the DC universe. You know it's 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 basically crime crime show episodes about you know the villains the supervillains. But check that out. <laughs> I've been on I, I and I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to send you links. But I've been on those productions. I see how simple those shoots are. It just yeah. dawned on me, like, here's something we could pull off, like a web series, YouTube web series. Maybe it could bring, maybe it can grow into something else. Yeah. Especially with, uh, you know, the lack of content these days. Who knows? You know, <laughs> DC Universe or Disney Plus. You know, I would love to reach out to them. Yeah. And have them, you know, pick it up from me. And, and yeah. I'd love. I need the work, so they and they need the content, <laughs> and they need the content, and they need the yeah. content. But the simplest things is, you got three different and analysts, you know, uh, uh, you know the detectives or the or the or the psychologists or these crime analysts or whatever, sitting in front of green screen talking about them. Yeah, and then you've got archive footage, archive photos, and the nine one one calls, whatever, and then yeah. you have the dramatic reenactments. So simple enough. I've got all the scripts. Just sit here and read off a yeah. teleprompter. <laughs> And then what we did for a while was we went to Comic Cons and I would just go up to different cosplayers. I would go up to every single cosplayer and say, hey, give me some crazy action shots. I love it. Here's my card, yeah. trade information. And that was, and there was, I had no shot list. I just yeah. I would just go to these Comic Cons and just shoot everybody. Yeah. And then I would go back with the footage, put tags in it. And so when yeah. it comes to like this episode, 
you know. oh i need a oh i need a daredevil and a captain america and a red skull and i would and i would look up those tags and i got and I, holy shit i actually got some of that footage brilliant add some bizarre effects because i see how some of these shows are like i acted yeah. in them and then i can't even see me in it i can see no, the they they mess with it and it's all like it's always a strobe effect i don't know what it is with the strobe effect well <laughs> that's like a, that's like a that's that's like a like a client you know that might be id's choice or that might yeah. be the client's choice but come to find out the reason why they do that a lot so there was an episode i played a i played a guy who had two different girlfriends one killed the other one and they suspected my character but it turned out to be her um he was kind of at fault because he was kind of like a womanizer and kind of playing them both. So they shot all these scenes and they had me memorize some basic lines. And yeah. this detective was talking to me. The reason why they obscure it so much, they put like these blur effects. I'm blurry, but my background's clear, you know, clear. And then they might do some like bizarre over the shoulder. And they're really kind of focusing on just on the detective. They're kind of focusing on my hands kind of jittery. It's because believe it or not, there's so many legal issues that go, it, the case might still be open. So they can't exactly show me saying something based on an outline or a script based on a cop's testimony right. or based on a, vic a victim's family members. Yeah. Hearsay. They interviewed that person and that person signs a bunch of stuff and that person legally can say that because but then it's it, there. Yeah. Because it's their word, but they, but the production so uh, can only show so much or say so much. Interesting, and so that's why there's. I mean, and, and then there's, and then there's episodes. I'm in. It was it was it was clear as day. Me yeah. and, and me and me and me and my brother were killing our half brother, <laughs> and it was clear as day. We had full on blown, full blown dialogue, full blown scenes. We're covered with blood. We're beating somebody to death. We're bullying him. We're you know discussing murdering him with with a with a, with a third and fourth person. Full yeah. Blown. Each episode, each production, each case is different, and. It's what? funny when when I was in school, we um, at AU uh, that we would do stuff with Discovery and have like internships, and then NBC over there on on Nebraska or whatever it is, the local channel, and they would do a lot of America's Most Wanted. I think it was mm -hmm. um, over there, and it was we learned that <laughs> a lot of times the actors would get arrested. That there were times where the actors would be, especially for America's Most Wanted, because they're still wanted. So the guy who was like you playing like the murderer, the guy who killed his wife or the child or whatever, they'd be at 7-Eleven. Some person at 7-Eleven goes, oh my God, I just saw that guy on America's Most Wanted. Call the cops. And the they, like they said, it happened more often than they'd like, you know? And then they'd have wow. to be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm just the actor. I, you know, but like, yeah. Uh, so, you know, cover your, you know, be careful. <laughs> you don't wanna, I think, get, and, and that's another reason why I started this podcast is that I wanted people to know who I am instead yeah, of, I'm not, well, luckily for me, I think my biggest role was as one of the one of the killers was my biggest role. I think I was in like forty five of that sixty minutes, but Which nine times. Oh, geez. So it was copycat killers, CSI. So okay. copycat killers is a show about copycat killers. There was Rambo. There was American Psycho. Gotcha. But the the CSI episode was about these two brothers that were obsessed with CSI and came and, and just studied CSI to figure out how to get oh, away with killing their half brother. I, yeah. You know, some of these episodes, they're really stretching it, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but I guess they did copy CSI in such a way to use it 
as a way to get away with the murder, which I'm sure you learn something with enough of that. Yeah. But they still get caught. <laughs> but but um but they always get caught in CSI too, so <laughs> they should have paid attention. And, and what's and so what's funny is um you know it was it was a good role, you know, great, great pay, a lot of on-screen time. And but during production they said they, they said they had us ad lib a lot of a lot of dialogue because they said, Oh, don't worry about it because you guys are actually British. This takes place in Britain, in, in the UK somewhere. But then watching the episode, you could hear you could hear us talking the whole time, That's and crazy. and my wife was playing. Uh, my my character's wife was playing it so white trashy, <laughs> and then in the show you could hear her talking like, "My my husband gonna kill your ass," and I'm like, "I don't think they talk like really? that in England." What, no way. Lower Brixton, you know, <laughs> it's not Lower Brixton. It's yeah. freaking Baltimore, Baltimore white trash. And she and she killed the dial. I mean, she killed the role. Had it been for that, but, Bal was, bomber. <laughs> but they were like, they were like, just play it how you would. Yeah, we're not going to keep. But then they, but then they kept it in. But uh, but again, because they weren't going to ADR the whole thing. But that was, I mean, that was probably the, one of the funnest times, the most fun times I've ever had on set. The funnest, yeah, I bet. The funnest. The funnest. But, uh, funnest is a word, ish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like most uh, nine times out of ten, it's always like detective this, officer that, and uh, I'm I, I'm all about typecasting. But um, yeah, typecasting works. <laughs> I, you get you get if paid it, if it gets you roles. If it gets you money, don't don't complain. L yeah. Look at Ice T. I mean, I don't think yeah. he's complaining about. No, he's almost he's this close to beating Belzer. No, yeah, exactly. As much this yeah. close. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... look at Belzer. I mean, you will never, ever look at this guy as, as anything other than a cop. And, and if anybody knew, he was like a stand-up comedian. Yep. He had, that, he had that talk show where he got choked out by Hogan. I remember I liked that character because I loved Homicide. Yeah, when that like when that came, he was nobody remembers that, but that character started on Homicide, which is great. And you can't. I was just looking it up the other day. You cannot stream it anymore. Like I cannot find oh, yeah. that on anywhere, even to purchase. You know, it was such a great show, and yeah. and then you look back and so many great guest stars, and like and then that I guess led to The Wire and all that stuff. We used to go wander around Baltimore and take pictures outside of the uh, police precinct down there. But yeah. But that character was from there, and then yep, you know, and then he transferred. Was like, Coming up, <laughs> well, was it Dick Wolf? Because I don't know if Dick Wolf. See, the writer of the Wire wrote Homicide: Life on the Yeah. Beat. I don't know if Dick Wolf produced. Homicide. I don't think he did. I think if he did, it would still be available. But they did a. There was a crossover episode where they had. Oh, okay. uh, there was a, a crossover episode with Law and Order, probably just Law and Order at that time, um, yeah. and it was like a two or three night thing where there was a murder in Baltimore. Then they went up to go, and he went up to New York, and so the team from Homicide went up to New York or something like that. I want to say Robin Williams was in this like episode too. Was, like, was yeah, it, that I was think the one. So. I think so because um, that's the one episode I remember was Robin Williams' guest appearance yeah. on Homicide, which really stood out for me. Yeah, because um, he was he was plotting revenge against the guy and the detective set him down, I think on a swing set. And he goes, so, yeah. he goes, you, you really want to do this? And I think the detective handed him his gun. Yeah. So goes, Hold that for a second. And one, the second he held that gun, he goes, I don't like this. Yeah. And it was, it was incredible, yeah. incredible episode. But 
I mean, the openness for like somebody like Dick Wolf to be to to like contact the producer of 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 Homicide and be like, "Can I transfer this guy to my police department?" And, I know. And keep that character. And Belzer was so open for it. Belzer yeah. not only did Homicide, Law and Order, Law and Order SVU. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that that role was on all the different Law and Order spins. He never has to worry about money ever again. Ever again. <laughs> ever but, again. But not only that, Belzer was on uh detective munch i should say mm-hmm. was on x-files working a case with fox and Mulder. and right and munch, which is a different network like a different network and detective munch went to springfield and interviewed the simpsons this, so there's basically a detective munch cinematic universe that is just totally untapped yep. <laughs> like they've scratched the surface on it yep. and that's yeah that should be the last and I think chapter in Belzer's life is just doing 10 to 15 years of him <laughs> popping into everything. I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I didn't watch his retire. I didn't watch his retirement episode, but when Munch retired, apparently it was a huge deal. Like they made a, a big three parter. I think I did watch it actually, if I remember correctly. I know, I, it was know. A, I know it was a big deal. And it, and, and I think there was a moment where like Munch passed the torch to, uh, Ice T's character. Well, yeah. I can't. I can't think of Ice T's character, but he kind of passed that torch to him. It's Ice T and to uh, <laughs> and to the lady, because she's been on that show from beginning yeah. to end. Yeah, she was on. She was in the Perfect Weapon. Do you remember the movie The Perfect Weapon with uh, Speakman, the martial arts? He was he was super fast. Yeah. Like, she, yeah, she was the little girl grown up that he went to really? karate school world. Yep, he uh, as kids. Uh, you know, the, the boy and the girl went to karate school together. I think she was adopted by the sensei of the school. And then, you know, he comes back to the neighborhood to, uh, to avenge his sensei's death. And she's grown up super, super foxy, man. I haven't thought about Jeff Speakman in years. <laughs> the, the, perfect, the perfect weapon. Like the perfect, yeah. one of the greatest one hit wonder movies. Yeah. He was, he, he, obli- I mean, it's unfortunate. I think he was one of those Seagulls that was kind of like difficult to deal with. He's a master martial. He was a master martial artist. And I think they're all a little difficult. <laughs> like Seagal. I've heard some crazy stuff about uh, Van Damme as well. You know, yeah. like yeah. they're all, I think there's something about a guy who's just going to go that hard on, on everything. And then, but then I guess they need to control everything also for their own safety. But you look yeah. what happens when they don't. But yeah, that's fucking Jeff Speakman. But like it's, you know, some actors are, are, are kind of honest about it. Like, listen, this is just the role I fell in. I'm kind of playing myself, essentially. Ice-T yeah. is playing Ice-T. Ice-T is playing the same copy played in New Jack City. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure Ice-T's, you know, who played a phenomenal cop, and I'm sure they take real life, <laughs> real life experiences from it, was Tupac in Gang Related. I've never seen that one, but Tubac was like, he was a great actor. He was like, a phenomenal. He was actor. great and um, gridlocked with Tim Roth. If he, like, fantastic across the board, just fantastic. Like, and, he's great in it. In, in a, and like, and sometimes you have a musician and you're like, yeah, 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 I got like, but he's kind of playing himself, but he wasn't playing. He, he wasn't. He wasn't, playing, he he wasn't, wasn't. a gangster rapper. He was, he was no. like, no. Like a, a hair, jazz musician, like, yeah, jazz, heroin addict, yeah, just jazz, jazz hipster, beatnik in the in the nineties, you know, yeah. a, a hipster jazz heroin addict, yeah, like that had like this bizarre relationship with a with another man and a woman, yeah, 
And like, yeah. if you watch that, there's like these underlying things that they didn't exactly show, but him and Tim Roth were very, 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 very close. Very, yeah, it was you know? great. It was. And they were in this relationship where they shared a woman, and and it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a fantastic film for me. But my dad was a 20 year retired cop, DC cop. Really. And he hated Tupac, of course, all the, all the music <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the, you know, the anti, anti-cop stuff. So he, my dad wasn't the biggest fan of Tupac until he saw gang-related. He was like, holy shit. Really? This dude is good. This dude's a good freaking actor. I've seen that detective on the stand testifying again. Like, there was a scene where Tupac, being a corrupt cop and a detective, was testifying in the movie Gang-Related, testifying against this guy that they had arrested yeah and the way he pulled that scene off my dad was like i've seen that shit 80 times that guy nailed it <laughs> tupac freaking nailed it this guy is a good freaking actor I gotta I don't, see i'm not a, i'm not a huge i'm not a huge fan of his music yeah this, this dude can act yeah and, you know it, it, and it, it just turned around for like ice tea as well you know like who knows <laughs> who knows what kind of shit he's gotten into in his life when he was a rapper before he was a rapper but he nailed that cop role in I in New Jack and just went with it and went SVU. It. Yeah. How long can you do the gangster rap thing? You know, like Ice Cube does family comedies. Family comedies, <laughs> you man. See that, and you're like, you're like doing a movie where you're taking your kid to college, and he used to be screaming "fuck the police." So it's like, you know, it's like that's that is an impressive career arc. You know, you know, um, and, yeah. and it just it's well, it just shows maturity. It shows you spoke that. You yeah. did that. You made that stance and people answered. People yeah. responded. Yeah. And so you keep doing the music. And and I think I think Cube still does tracks. I think for, so. For his music. But it might be cleaner if it's a family comedy. It might be dirtier, you know, like for Triple X State of the Union, Triple X, <laughs> you know, those Triple X movies. Yeah. Uh, or uh, or uh, he did a track on uh, Ghost of Mars, I think. That's right. But, you know. If it's a family comedy, he'll do a he'll do a clean yeah. he'll do a clean track on the soundtrack, yeah. maybe a couple of them. But yeah, you know, it, it's just we all have to grow up. Yeah, and and so <laughs> shit, they were, I think they were teenagers when they when they formed NWA, yeah. if not in their early 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 twenties. Yeah, no, they were young. They were super young. They banded yeah. together. They were they were pissed off about this, that, and the other thing, and yeah. they, and they made that clear. And then they took that money and they ran with it. And now it's like, well, shit, I'm like a millionaire. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I can't, you know, and, and, and so that's where, Hey, shit, that's where like money, money. And how do I, how do I keep this clean and PC <laughs> money and ladies, money, cars money. and ladies. <laughs> that's what, and, and, and P Diddy was honest about it. He was like, yeah. I got, I already have money, money, cars and ladies. Yeah. So I'm just going to rap about that. And it's like <laughs> other rappers were like, well, I have that now. So. Better, about that. <laughs> I'll I'll make the transition. Get yeah. out. Get out of crime. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, we, we've been chatting. Uh, I mean, you you kind of you kind of touched upon like the effect the, the the quarantine has had on you, but you're back on set. Not yet. Um, I mean, I've so I've been pitching a couple shows, um, auditioning. <laughs> We'll see what happens with that. That's, that's awesome. More, man. That's more of just a, like, if it happens, it's great. Uh, pitching. I'm doing, I do projects just out of my home. Like, cause I'd still do motion graphics. It's sort of whatever I can do at this point, but very, very close. I think to hopping back on set for things it's, it, you can sort of smell 
the the return coming uh hopefully and things are opening up more here and just in terms of general business you know hollywood still looks like a bomb went off um <laughs> but like it's uh but yeah so but just keeping myself busy with literally any and everything that yeah. i can you know is really where i'm at now but it's but i can sense it getting getting back to coming back to life which is good so if any luck i'll be out there in a month or two <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah like i said uh, you know i gotta i gotta I have to keep that stipulation and 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 because i got the six month old and they they, they they he can't wear a mask until i no. think one yeah yeah. No, it's, it's, there's no good answers and there's no easy solutions, you know, and I keep telling people that like, there's no, there's no easy way out of this. Unfortunately, I think sacrifices will have to be made. Hard things will have to be made. Some people have been doing the hard thing for a very long time. Other people haven't. And, and you see what one leads to and what the other doesn't. And I think it's, I think once everybody just sort of says, Hey man, you know, it's, it's not a it's not a political thing if you don't need it to be it's 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 as political as a hurricane much you know <laughs> but they do that but like i you know we just just everybody kind of do the right thing and then the sooner we do that the sooner we're through this and yeah yeah and everybody and, can work and yeah and the biggest problem is people are trying to make science political and it's not it's you know, not rain it's, is water you, the republicans and the democrats you're not going to tell me rain is not h2o it's it's so, water and so yeah wear wear a mask i mean because and, and and uh i mean i've made it known that um i'm a Demo i'm a i'm a registered democrat anyway but the republican the republican party nearly wiped itself out it's being stubborn and stupid it's shocking and, and, and unfortunate. And I, and I talk to my friends and I say, it's the weirdest thing is much like the racism thing the other day, uh, like weirdly COVID was a gimme. COVID was the kind of nine 11 type thing that if they would have just sort of done the right thing and wrote it out and, and said, Hey man, we did the hard thing. We all shut down for a little while. We wore our masks, which is a low bar to clear wearing a mask. You know, like we wore our masks and yes, some people died and that's very unfortunate. But you know what? We're, we're through this and we're all doing the right thing. People, even people like you and I would have gone and said to Trump, you know what? Hey, thank you. Thank you for at least doing the right thing. You know, couldn't even do that. It was a, it was a gift, a weird, weird gift that, that he was handed and that he just was like, nah, fuck it. And he squandered <laughs> like, no, and, and, no, like, he yeah. squandered that. He fucked that up. But people don't realize the kind of medical care the president of the United States gets Oof, as a, as yeah. opposed to some 65 year old middle class, middle to low class, old, good old boy. Yeah. Who's a Trump supporter who can, you know, who's on Medicare or Medicaid. You're not getting Trump's medical care. You're not You're getting not. that. They're and they're pumping him. I mean, shit. The the shit he's already the every president. Oh, I know. Every it's... every president, Democratic or Republican, is probably getting pumped full of these crazy vitamin cocktails. Maybe some you know low grade steroid. Um, oh, he's he's getting high grade steroids, which they admitted to. <laughs> like, you now, know, like, now, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but, it's. But shit, I mean, like JFK, it's known that JFK was on painkillers, yeah. some sort of methamphetamine that, you know, would give him a boost so he could work. Yeah. 
to be the to be uh, to be the president of the United States. Yeah, take a look at how quickly Barack aged in eight years. How quickly George W. aged in eight years. They aged 20, 30 years. Yep. George W. I think when he was campaigning against Al Gore in two thousand, had brown hair. Yeah, (laughs) he had brown hair, and in eight years he was gaunt. He was gaunt, and it was like his dad lost uh, the rest of his hair in like, (laughs) and just that was just four. Yeah, and 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 George Senior just completely bald, gaunt, aged ten years in four years. Yeah, W and and Obama aged twenty years in eight years. years, and and. And I, I had a previous guest on, Brant Pindidic. We were talking about just to just to, uh, who wants to be president? Like the people that want I, uh, look at me, look at me, I'm the president. I think it should be a, 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 like a random appointment. <laughs> I, I think presidential lottery. Sh- Basically, yeah, where every two years, let's say, you got your core, you would call them a deep state or whatever, you got your core people who work in the government, sure. But Uh then like president, vice president, cabinet, all that stuff is a lottery. And so could you like, if you want that job, you do whatever you can to make it like work for you. If you don't want that job, you do whatever you can during those two years to not screw it up. Could you imagine if you were like, oh, fuck. I'm going to be president. Okay. Uh, all right. I better listen to the people who know what they're doing or I'm going to get killed. You know, like, and I think that would be, and that would take, it would take so much politics out of it. Like, and you'd still have Congress and the branches and all that stuff. But I think if every two years you had somebody who was scared out of their wits thinking they're going to screw it up versus Hey, I got this. Both sides, like Biden, whatever. I'm gonna vote for him. I'm but getting rid of this. He's like, I'm getting he's rid like, of this. I'm getting want, rid of this. I want this. I'm gonna do this, and you guys are gonna be okay because I'll do, look after you. You guys, I'm gonna tell you. You know, like they all do that. You know, but like if you had like some knucklehead mechanic out of Wyoming, who, it's some 65 year old lady, exactly, who, who's a, and, and who's who's a seamstress or you yeah. know a cocktail waitress or something. And, a, a, a 60 no a 55 year old we've seen them the 55 year old cocktail waitresses at casinos yeah president of the united one, states <laughs> one year it's some nutty karen you know <laughs> who actually is now the manager and then two years later it's like a like 35 year old like black father of four you know what i mean and like just like that this would go like this constantly and by nature they would have to like balance a little bit you know listen terrified of the power not welcoming it yep, you know yeah. exactly i mean listen we all we all know that the, the the presidential seat is more of just a leadership position uh mostly appearance yeah in the eight years obama and i've said this before the eight years of obama was in i think he got two two and a half maybe three things approved yeah and that was through just discussion and ideas and discussion, but it has to be passed by everybody else. George W. The same thing. I think George W. Got Patriot Act, and I think the Department of Homeland Security started. I mean, look at it this way: how how often do you put new tires on your car? Once every in a while. The main job is not steering it into a you know a car full of children. Like, and that's what the president's supposed to do. Like, keep keep the car on the road. When you need to get the gas, get the new thing. Okay, we're gonna maybe we'll get some rims. Okay, great. We'll get some, you know, but the main job 
is not crashing into a bridge, you know, <laughs> like, and that's, yeah. that's what we, that's what we need. Like, keep the, yeah. keep the, keep the gears moving, maybe grease them a little bit. Exactly. Maybe, Exa yeah. maybe switch out one gear. Yeah. And that's fine. And that, you know, it's hard, it's a hard job and it's hard to get stuff done. And, you know, but like, yeah, if, as long as you're not actively <laughs> flushing the country down the toilet, you're doing yeah. okay. So, so what's, so what's next on the agenda? Uh, and I know, and again, you, you touched upon it. you got a couple of, uh, you know, projects in prep, but what's, what's next on the agenda? What's, what's the next set of goals? My, my biggest set of goals. One, I have this story about a DC serial killer that I knew growing up, which I don't want to go too into, but like, uh, he was, he was older than me, uh, that I'm trying to do uh scripted and unscripted series. Now, for. now let me, let me clarify. You knew him personally or I knew him personally. It? Yeah. He, he went to my church Holy and killed Killed, killed killed somebody at my church okay um and so i didn't know him well but he did invite me to his truck one day um but the so i've got that um i'm also beginning to go into the process of like like we're saying getting things made i've got a ton of ideas ton of scripts that i'm beginning to get in the process of like getting the right literary agent and all that stuff like so much of everything i've done whether it's commercials or tv it's all been on my own effort accord which is great and i'm proud of myself but at the same time i'd like somebody else to do it a little bit um and and see if i can't get some help and the people who know the right people and all that so my goal right now um aside from the day-to-day -day projects that keep the keep the lights on is really like pushing to get my own ideas and and scripts and concepts made and then working with other people and, and directing more and more i have other people who whose scripts i'm reading and stuff but that's that's really what it is i this whole process this whole time has made me realize like what what i really 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 want to do and you know and so and that like how how you can get you can get along with without having to spend a lot of money so you know not going out all the time not going to restaurants and saying okay yeah i'm just gonna stay at home and and right yeah saving money or making money well I've, I've been making money and now that we're doing this we're saving money so we're not spending it so we exactly. still have it still, yeah. and we're making more so it's great yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then may and then making some on top of that is yeah is excellent as well but yeah like i've been taking a look at the bank account and the wife is astounded she goes wait a minute we have so much more what are you working i mean you're thank god you're working i'm like i don't think we're spending yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, we're, it's not. There's nothing going out, like which is kind of a good good thing. So yeah, yeah. And then we also, and we've also been rebudgeting, and like you know, well, then again, we got a six month old, so we have been spending, but just yeah, it's a <laughs> that's a different that's a different pile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Paul, I can't thank you enough for uh, for jumping on. Thank you. Um, this has been a blast. Is uh, is there any is there any last bit of, well. Before I before I before I go there, the new normal. Everyone's talking about this new normal, and we kind of touched upon that. You know, voiceovers, animation. What's yeah. your view? What's your view of the new normal? Smaller, more careful, more intimate. You know, it, both in terms of the creative and in terms of how things are made. Really, I think I think is what it is. I think I think everybody just getting down to what they feel is safe not feel but what they know is safe and and right and how to accomplish that from a creative standpoint really is is what i think it is um yeah you know for me for me i uh like 90 i think like 91 to 99 was just this resurgence of indie films yeah like they they rewrote the indie film you know tarantino yeah. tarantino reservoir dogs 
a heist movie without showing the heist. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, I think again, and that was a response to the excess of the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we've had the excess of the two thousands and then the 20, you know, the teens. And, and I think as, and I do think that those films were actually a lot of them were very well made. I, I still think like people are, and I think indie got a little too precious as well. So I think the people with the good ideas who would normally go up here are going to bring it like more personal and, and bring it here. And I'm excited to see what it is like something that isn't just a, a quirky romantic dramedy, like, which is what a lot of indies seem to be. You know, I think, I think there's a chance that we're going to get all those brains that are making huge Avengers films are going to say, well, how, what sort of science fiction story can we tell? What sort of interesting horror story can, what, can we tell? What comedy, you know, like all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Because, and, 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 and I don't knock Marvel. I love Marvel and I love yep. DC, but I think yep. Marvel really way before the COVID, you got to take a look at Daredevil, yep. especially Punisher and Luke Cage. Yep. Jessica, even more so Jessica Jones. Yeah. Those four shows, those, their Netflix shows were just so indie, indie oriented. Yeah. You know, ca- character, character, and and, yeah. and especially taking a look at, um, you know, Daredevil, his superpowers are just heightened senses. But you know, I know Luke Cage is yeah. bulletproof. I know Luke Cage and yeah. Je- and Jennifer Jones, Jessica Jones, they're super powered, yeah. they're super strength and bulletproof. But at the same time, they were able to pull off very in depth, very dark. I mean, Punisher is human. Punisher, his only, I did not think they were going to be able to because I I like that character. For what it is in the comics, and obviously it's got like a whole lot of weight attached. I thought they pulled that kid off in a way I did not think was possible to make yeah. me care for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and can I go to the bathroom real quick. Sure. Yeah. No problem. No problem. <laughs> can you pause? It. I just nope. I think a massive coffee. <laughs> Hold on one second. No problem. All right, so Punisher, you were saying but Punisher, yes. yeah, but you know, it's his 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 only super superpower is his complete rage and hatred for criminals. Yeah, which which is almost Hulk like because there was there was an episode because the Punish like the the second half of Daredevil season two was like a micro Punisher season. Yeah, but. You know, like he was getting his ass kicked in that jail and he just kept moving forward. And, you know, uh, Wilson Fisk, uh, Kingpin, is like, you know, juiced up too. He's like really, really strong and just bashing him up. Vincent D'Onofrio was phenomenal. And if you like but, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. if you like Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Ratchet, about Nurse Ratchet on Netflix. Is he in that? He's in that. Oh, all right. He's, he's the governor of California and he was astounding he was by far the best performance in my opinion one of the best performances if not the best performance just he is unsung in yeah. turn like you look at him it from full metal jacket to men in black to like kingpin to this to whatever not csi law and order you know i mean he, like i've heard maybe he's a little difficult to work with i don't know but like I, he is able to completely inhabit other other roles which is just astounding yeah astounding yeah he's yeah. i don't feel he's gotten his his full full due but yeah agreed you know, yeah he's i i love him <laughs> i love him i love him in 
Men in Black. I think he the, the he has little throwaway lines that just make that character. You know, it's just like I don't. Yeah, he was he was he was the alien who he was the alien that was like rotting his body out, and he was like, arr, 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 yeah, he's, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's kind of like this, and he's come all, on, so, come just on. real sardonic. <laughs> you know, you know, there's, like, there's, yeah, not, there's nothing to see here. I'm totally <laughs> fine. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. And he's because. Um, he was so quirky. I mean, he was, he was doing, he, like I see a lot of actors do when they get a role on TV, they, they box themselves into this cookie cutter TV performance, you know, um, James, Cavi James Caviezel. Oh, Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Jim Caviezel was on. Uh, person of interest. Person of interest. Yeah. And by the time I got to season two, he just whispered the whole show. Whispered or yelled, <laughs> you know, it was you, like a he was like a, a stockbroker punisher on that. Um, yeah, like I, I actually I really like that show, and I, I still need to. Um, sorry, my wife, um, I still need to finish it. I had like the last series, but I like that that show went very kind of hard sci fi in, in a weird way, you know. And but sort like of, he yeah. did, he definitely had a thing he was doing, but yeah. <laughs> like, like, just again, like he's an. He is an amazing actor, you know, he's great. And, and he, yeah. he does he, like frequency. Um, I mean, passion, the Christ, he really threw himself into yeah. like a whole new, he, he really like did his best to meta metamorphosize into Christ. But that's one of those movies that people are like, you like, I'm like, I do. I saw it once and I thought it was phenomenal. Like how yeah. many times do you need to watch that movie? But yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about the politics or religion, but it's an impressive movie. It really like, was an impressive yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but going back to you know like Marvel has done these micro budgeted, and it might have been a series, yeah. Uh, or you know like take a look at Blade. You know there's a lot of there's a lot of special effects in the first Blade. Yeah. But Blade, but Blade was still a lot of practical, a lot of you know editing and cinematography and and uh, you know practical practical action, practical effects. You know some CGI. Some of it was you know didn't date well. But no, you know, but, didn't, but it didn't date well. Like a, the week it came out, uh, I do love that movie. But the whole like blood monster at the yeah, end, blood monster they, was, which they talked about was, I think, if I remember correctly, was sort of a last minute like change. You last know, last minute change did, compared to what they were originally going to do. I think, and, yeah. But I think, but if you look at what they have coming up, I'm sure there's very smart people who are getting paid a lot more than us who are sitting in rooms right now figuring out this strategy. I mean, I know they've got a slate of films that just keep getting pushed back, but like, yeah. I know they have the, the WandaVision on Disney plus it's coming out, which is going to be weird. I'm sure. But like, I know they have Ms. Marvel. Um, like, so I'm sure they're looking at the properties that they have and saying, okay, we know we need to get, the Fantastic Four in here. We know we're going to get the X Men in here. How how do we do that where we don't need to spend three hundred million dollars and a year and a half or two years prepping something that may never see a movie theater? You right. know what I mean? It's it's like I'm sure that they are looking at Black Widow and going, "Oh my God!" You know, like what? Like we can't let this happen again. Um, yeah. And so I think the answer will be, you know, is is the Fantastic Four a TV series on on Disney Plus? You know what I mean. Does it all shift there? It, like, it, it, why 
they're already we're doing great TV stuff. Put out, put out your tentpole movies instead of doing three or four movies a year. Put out your Avengers film every one or two years, and everything else is a TV series, and you yep. have your big moments and and all that. Why why not? You know, people will be at home, <laughs> like right. you know. So yeah, um, but again, who knows? I'm sure they're listening right now. You know, Absolutely. hire us. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, uh, aside from you know, hire us. Uh, what's what's one last bit of advice? One you know, maybe a few points. One a uh, couple of points to make, or one last bit of advice for our viewers. I mean, the the one thing that served me very well through this, and just in general, is don't don't do one thing. Um, you know, I, I, my wife always says, people say, what do you do? I say, hey, I'm a director, you know, and I have, I'm a director. I know, but like, I think about the last couple of things I've done and it may have been an editorial job. It may have been an illustration, you know, but I think the, the days of believing that you can survive and advance in this industry by doing just one thing, I think are, are, are over. Uh, and I think there's a lot of, most people know that. And I think many of the people um, that you meet and that you work in are, are multi-talented and able to sl slip into different roles. But I also know a lot of younger up and coming people who are like, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a shooter, you know, and really have a, a diverse set of talents to, to, to pull from, because that's literally saved me in, in this situation right now with COVID and then even just before, you know, there's a lot of time in between projects um, and, and that money comes and it goes. So I think that, and I think also it, it gives you a, a, a broader sort of creative mindset to pull from. Uh, I, again, I, I meet people who are very singular in what they know. And, and that's good as long as you luck into doing that one thing um yeah and and then the other is work 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 yeah. <laughs> like people always ask me and i know you even mentioned the other day like um the, the you know people say oh what, what are you watching I, I i watch when i can but but between having a family i i i work i work fill a lot of the the moments between family almost all even if i'm not working with with work um and and sort of playing around learning things trying new things writing um writing is the one thing just i i have to sit and just force myself to do it and i enjoy doing it and you have to get in the mindset but it's like one of those things where if i'm like okay like yesterday i bought that new star wars game and played it with my son but i was like i really should be doing work right now <laughs> but it was it's good that we were doing that but like but it's um but yeah, just just really work on everything that you can creatively, um, and be be open to any and everything, because uh, you never know you never know where that next door will open, and you got like that whole good luck is luck is just preparation and opportunity. You know what I mean? And so the more you're prepared, the the, the better luck it is. Because I've known people who it it came and they were like. I, I don't know, you know, and I've known other people who really stepped up to the plate because they've just been preparing. You know. Hey, listen, my, you know, my response to that is like, you know, I've never done it, but there's nothing I can't learn. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'll, no. and, and I'll try. Uh, I, I mean, if people can look at my site or whatever, it's like, I have nothing too exciting to show right now, but like from Photoshop, any Adobe software I taught myself, you know, from Photoshop to, I suck at Illustrator, but like, cause I can hand draw, but, <laughs> but like uh, from Photoshop, After Effects, Premiere, After Effects is the one like people look, like look at the stuff I do and they're like, how do you, I was like, I, I, I learned, I taught myself. I sat down and I just taught myself and, and you can teach yourself with your own projects. It's more fun to teach yourself when people need something because yep. <laughs> then you really, you're like, Oh crap, I really need to learn this right now. Yep. Uh, yeah. Don't tell them you're doing that, <laughs> but, but that's this trial by fire. Education by fire is really valuable. <laughs> I, I forget. I forget what movie this comes from. And it's such a great quote, but somebody said, uh, either shit your pants or jump in and swim <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't i can't remember what movie that's from now it's a know. fantastic it's a quote i think i think it was a western or it was one of those like you know um world war you know world war ii movies yeah where, one of those dirty dozen type films yeah i'm i'm, I'm so i i don't know it might it might have been a tarantino movie i can't remember but yeah oh it was tarantino movie. it was reservoir dogs it was a reservoir okay yeah big joe said like i think uh I think freaking um, Harvey Keitel was talking to Big Joe. Mr. White was talking to Big Joe about yeah. a crime, you know, a crime spree. He'd, oh, no, 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 that's not what it was. Okay. You remember the commode story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the yeah. greatest, one of the greatest <laughs> directed, written, and edited scenes in the history of cinema was the commode story from Reservoir Dogs. And uh, if anybody's watching this podcast, you've got to watch Reservoir Dogs and you have to pay attention to the commode story. By far, that, that inspired that 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 right there was like I I got to be a filmmaker. Yeah. That's storytelling right there, because it was like at the end of the commode story, he was in the commode telling the story. <laughs> it was just it was phenomenal. But then he finished his commode story and he's in that strip bar with Big Joe and Nice Guy Eddie, and and Big Joe says, "Well, that's where you just either shit your pants or jump in and swim." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that stuck with me. It's like, uh. You know, uh, my years in the military and, you know, 15 years doing production and, and then and having just delving into acting. So, you know, it's just like either shit your pants or you just jump in and swim. If someone says, hey, can you edit this? Yeah. And like, I, you know, I've never done I've never edited a corporate thing, but hell, I'll try and I'll just go on. I'll just YouTube other things like, well, it. the the wealth of information that's out there the, yeah. is you, there's no excuse for not learning how to do something and you don't need a Linda account. You can, I mean, but like, like there's, you can find the answer for anything. You know, my brother works and fixes things and he's like, I had to go fix, he had, he said he had to go fix a conveyor belt on a, on a grocery store thing. And I was like, how do you know that? He's like YouTube. <laughs> he's yep. like, I look it up on YouTube and, and, and he knows. And, and, and so learning, you can learn. And again, <laughs> shit your pants and jump in education by fire when the corporate like big money corporate thing says can you do this you say yes and it's going to be a really long week and, and just know that in late nights but then once you've done that you know now you now know how to do that and that's that's invaluable yeah well and 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 thinking about costs you know i subscribe to in envato elements and they have templates yeah. I, I downloaded this out. I don't know After Effects and I wouldn't, and, and I don't, and I'm not good enough with After Effects to just start from yeah. scratch with the, the first node. But I downloaded this template for this Halloween thing 
and I was able to replace graphics with my own graphics and, yeah. and, and, and change speeds and, and change fonts and make things different and change colors. It didn't look anything like the template. It looked like my own thing yeah. and it looked, and it looked great. I, but I, I knew I could do that. Yeah. And then as I'm playing with, you know, that I'm learning more with maybe a little cheat sheet because yeah. sometimes, you know, just picking up a book, just picking up that book and reading from beginning to end doesn't work for people, but re reading those cliff notes and then, and then going from there sometimes yeah. helps. If, if someone just gives you the cliff notes and the, 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 sh the, 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 the short story version of yeah. it, yeah. you can learn from that too and, 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 and getting help. And, there's, and like you said, there's such a wealth of knowledge out there that that's like now that I'm experimenting with Unreal, I'm trying to find a couple of packs. Yeah. I'm trying to download it. I'm trying to download and, and, and start with a couple of uh, pre-made packs yeah. that I can then kind of repaint and re-edit and, 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 and rebuild the architecture within that yeah. thing. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a wealth of knowledge out there and it's like you said, um, you know, trial by fire, just jump yeah. in. But um, yeah, any, any socials, links, plugs you want to you put out there? I mean, I, I, I so I don't we didn't even get it. I don't know if you found me like through me or through. Oh uh, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about that. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Since April, I've been spamming the shit out of LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, it's worth <laughs> No, I, you know, I online, I do some work. I used I not as much anymore, but I go by a different name, Garrison Dean, which is like, uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Garrison Dean. I post stuff occasionally. I used to do these, movie trailers fake movie trailers um that some some of them were not fake movie trailers but the studios don't want me to tell you which ones are which but like um where i just kind of did my own thing so i had and i would do content for a couple blogs and stuff but uh so like if you're looking for me on facebook or instagram it's garrison dean which is a you know nom de plume nom de web whatever um but yeah i mean look up paul g hogan uh dot com that's my director's site um reach out to me um yeah I, I i wish i had more to plug right now i can <laughs> go go check out uh if you're looking i think tomorrow i i only did the logo for it and dc people will like it because i it's a unsubtle homage to bad brains um awesome. uh, I, uh tim robbins is releasing a uh sort of radio play oral cinema he calls it called babo supreme which is if you ever watched bob roberts like his movie mm -hmm. way 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 back when it's oh, yeah. in that vein so it's a podcast that comes out but i did the logo um that it was a quick job that a friend of mine was like can you do this i was like sure and it's i i like it so if you want to see something that is not me directing and just fooling around with with photoshop and stuff um but yeah other than that come check out my stuff and and uh follow me and I, i'm trying to keep keep things updated as much as as much as i can and uh as soon as i have something ironclad to uh to show it'll be it'll be there <laughs> absolutely well you, you heard it here first paul paul hogan can't thank you enough check out his links all his links in the description below so uh check out his work um a quick plug on my end my buddy landon landon's mafia he has a sarcoma nos which is uh not other specified so sarcoma it's a form of leukemia and uh the links links in the description to go to his gofundme and buy shirts uh proceeds go to him or you can venmo there's a venmo link as well if you want to donate to landon landon's mafia you can get a shirt um uh, i think he's in his uh, i i think he's in his second or third relapse right now but the kids the kids a trooper he's been um you know 
he, he got better than he got worse and he got better. So we're, we're, we're fighting for Landon. Um, great kid. He's, uh, he's my wife's best friend's nephew, Landon August Koya. So uh, we're fighting for Landon and, and uh, definitely click those links. Paul Hogan, check out his stuff. Uh, again, Paul, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show. And, thank you. It was uh, a bit it, of a blast. It, it, it was a great chat. Great, a lot of, a lot of, and, and glad, glad that you're from Maryland. That's fantastic. I mean, I what a, <laughs> it's like I said, I, I just spam the shit out of LinkedIn. So I've been getting folks from, you know, Mexico and India and Britain. That's and, amazing. That's great. And, and I got a, and I got a guy from California, but originally from Silver Springs, so right down the street from me. I was, I was looking through you, but I'm like, we must know somebody. It must've been like Adam or Ryan or somebody that, you know, like and Shane, I don't know, but yeah, I know it's uh, you just found me. So good for you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I definitely uh, uh, hope to collaborate somehow, some way when the floodgates open. But until yes. then, but until then, uh, you know, keep you know keep up the great work. And and to the viewers out there, I certainly hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has. And until next time, you know what to do. Thank you.